0: みなさん、こんにちは。クリスティンです。If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the podcast. And if you are coming back for this week's episode, thank you for always tuning in. Perfect attendance ka na! So guys, get some snacks, grab your coffee, and let's start this week's episode. Alright, so for this week, I have something very interesting. Maybe guys, some of you out there are planning to visit Japan soon. Or maybe this year. Or if not this year, maybe next year, you know? 2020 is the Tokyo Olympics. Yay! So if you are planning to go to Tokyo specifically, you might need to tune in. (laughs) Because I will be sharing to you some of the must-visit sites in Tokyo, Japan. In 2015, and guys, that's almost four years ago... We were able to finally visit Tokyo and tour the city by ourselves and, you know, see the places that we've always wanted to visit back then i was the one assigned to do the itinerary i wasn't sure why i was the one assigned but i did it anyway and you know my strategy then is to list down all of the names of the places that i wanted to visit and check which part of the city they're located so that i can strategize them and put them appropriately within my itinerary so for example one place is in northern tokyo and there are a couple other places that are also within that area i'll put them all together in one day or in one schedule so that we can maximize that day for that area it's very strategic and i really hope you can get something out of it because it's also very flexible at the same time because you can just switch it from day one to day two you know that kind of thing but that was the plan and I had a lot of research for that, which made this week's episode a lot easier because I just had to go back to my old files and try to update the information that was already saved. (laughs) So thank goodness I already have those files saved and that everything was so detailed. I didn't have to look more into it. I just have to update some of the information. So that's that. And, guys, if you are that someone who likes going on group tours, you know, and maybe you are considering looking for a city tour courtesy of a travel agency. That is also very okay. I mean, it has its advantages. And it's very easy. I think you just have to find a good travel agency that offers city tours in locations that you wish to visit. And you don't have to worry about anything anymore. You just have to show up, be on time, and you know follow whatever it is that is in the schedule of the travel agency. You just have to enjoy you know, taking all the sights, and you're good. So if you have those options, that will also do. But... If you don't have those options at the moment and if you are that kind of person like me that doesn't really like group tours you know you want to travel on your own pace well maybe now is the right time for you to grab your pen and your paper because i think it will be best if you list down some of the names of the places that i will be talking about just so you can research about it and check if it's the kind of place you want to visit in the future Because we have different preferences, I'm sure. So the places that I wanted to visit may not be the same as yours. But if you don't have your list yet, and you're wondering what places would be good to visit, well, don't worry, guys. I have you covered. You just have to stay tuned. We went there 25th of July and stayed exactly a week. Seven days and seven nights. And we left for Manila, August one. So at the time, guys, it's already summer season in Japan. And if you are someone coming from the Philippines, we are a tropical country, you will probably be thinking "Nah, Ah, it's summer. It's okay. Summer's got nothing on me. You know, that kind of thinking. Well, I'm so sorry to burst your bubble, my dear. But Japan summer is so humid. It might probably be hotter than Philippine summer. If you are planning to visit Japan during the summer season, as early as now, I have three suggestions and three tips for you. As in, palang ko na because I think this is important. Number one is, I suggest you bring an extra shirt with you when you travel because the weather will be so hot and humid and there will be a lot of walking. So, once you get to your destination, you might probably end up all sweaty, you know, bumping into other tourists. And that'll be uncomfortable for you and others. Plus, don't forget, sinong gustong hula sa pictures? (laughs) No one wants that. So, I suggest you try that recommendation. And number two, if you can, bring your umbrella with you. It will help you a lot, especially if you're walking midday and the sun is just so hot. It will help. And last number 3 is you bring water. So it can be water you got from the grocery store or the supermarket or you know the convenience stores the vending machines as long as you bring your water it will be of help. <laughs> it will be so hot I tell you. So that's just three suggestions that I have for you. You might want to try it and you know it might help you. Ah, and dami ko sinabi. <laughs> Christine, focus. Anyway, let's just go to the itinerary, shall we? So during the first day, we arrived in Tokyo late afternoon, if I remember correctly. And we didn't really expect that we can go sightseeing on the first day because it was already late now. But it didn't stop us from getting, you know, Japanese treats that we've always been craving for. And for me, that was Lipton Milk Tea, the ones that they have in, you know, single-serve cartons. You can buy it in the grocery store, maybe supermarket, and convenience stores. Plus, I paired it with my favorite, the hotcakes with maple syrup glaze. You know, I just love those. I always buy those before, I mean, once I arrive and before I leave, you know just to have a taste of it and that's it that's that's my first meal in japan we were just settling in during the first day because we know that we have you know big day ahead after the first night and that's it first day day two was actually more of a free time and we went around areas within machida city because that's where we were staying and machida city is actually a bit far from downtown or central tokyo we had to travel at least an hour by train before we reach central tokyo but machida city is very near yokohama so it's almost at the end and we went to yokohama red brick house if you are looking for Instagrammable spots around Yokohama, Yokohama Red Brick House is one of those spots that you might want to consider. There are shops everywhere, there are food stalls that you might want to try, and the view is just amazing. Yun lang guys, ma <laughs> because it's summer, but it's a very good place to visit if you are going to Yokohama. And then after that, we went to Tokyo One Aqualine. So this is Tokyo, W-A-N, Tokyo One Aqualine. Line. So I didn't know it then, but Tokyo One Aqualine is actually the fourth longest underwater tunnel in the world. Its overall length is 23.7 kilometers And I didn't notice it then. I just remember that the travel going inside or going towards Tokyo Aqualine was such a long, long distance. <laughs> Kaya pala yun yun. So it's the fourth longest underwater tunnel in the world. And the place is a bit crowded when we went there, but it's still a good spot to visit if you are one of those that wanted to check the place out. And I think it's relatively new as well, so you can check that out. So the next place that we visited is Odaiba, in particular the Diversity Tokyo Plaza, where you can find a life-size Gundam statue. If you are a fan of Gundam, this is the place to be! (laughs) So the Gundam statue actually lights up at night, so if you're going there in the afternoon you might as well stay until the evening to see how it changes from day to night well actually not much has changed but it's just so cool to see it light up you know at night and they also have this audio playing in the background so that you can feel at least how gundam is you know transforming (laughs) and that's what i felt and inside actually diversity tokyo plaza you can also find a variety of gundam souvenirs there are also many many shops inside and Actually, there's also a food court where you can just have a good meal while waiting for the Gundam to light up. <laughs> anyway, so upstairs, I think they have this kind of Gundam area where you can find different models of the Gundam statues just in, you know, the normal size. And it's cool. Joren's is into that, so that's why we went there. But I enjoyed it as well. And uh, another thing is there are also a lot of different spots within Odaiba and within that area that you can actually just go and and enjoy the view there were also mini replicas of the Statue of Liberty and the San Francisco Bridge I don't remember exactly how they call it but there are mini replicas and actually I think Odaiba is a dating spot (laughs) because I saw a lot of different couples and it's just a lively place there was live music, and I remember I took a photo with a magician. Everything and everyone's just so lively. Also, just a trivia, Odaiba was also featured in Itazura na Kiss, Love in Tokyo, the drama, the Japanese drama. So at that drama, they were in Odaiba for a date. So I guess it's a dating spot. <laughs> but it's really, you know, it has a good view and it has that kind of vibe, you know, just fun. So, if you want to explore that as well, I think you would enjoy it. So, that's it. So, that day two was actually more on southern Tokyo, more on Yokohama and Odaiba. There are other places that you can visit. But for our trip, that was all of the locations that we visited during day two and i enjoyed it i'm actually gonna post some of the photos when this is released because i cannot show it to you guys i don't have a video of it we are running a podcast here (laughs) but i can only show it to you by pictures i will try to gather my old photos and show it to you and really just let you know of my experience from that time and it's all so exciting it's good to reminisce about it and i hope you look forward to the pictures because I would be working hard, you know, digging those up. (laughs) Yes, so that's day two. Hi, everyone! I hope you are enjoying this week's podcast episode and I do invite you to like my Instagram and Facebook pages. That's Christine's Voice, the podcast, to get to know more about updates on our upcoming episodes. Thank you and I hope you are having a great day wherever you are in the world. Day 3, we went to Harajuku in the morning and Harajuku is in the western part of Tokyo. You will find a lot of young people in Harajuku because it is the center of youth fashion and cosplay culture. And I went there specifically because of Snoopy Town. (laughs) There's this big, you know, toy store or an entertainment center where you can find shops and merchandise for different famous characters. And they also have Hello Kitty and other stuff. I think also Mickey Mouse. But I went there specifically for Snoopy. So... If you don't know, I super duper love Snoopy. And I have been collecting several Snoopy merchandise. I'm just so happy (laughs) whenever I see new kinds of merchandise. So aside from Snoopy Town, we also went around different shops and actually started shopping souvenirs and pasalubong for us to bring home. I suggest, guys, if you are going to go shopping but also have a ton of different locations you want to visit, you start shopping early. And if you happen to find a location where you can you know, already buy some of the stuff that you wanted to bring home, you might as well take it, you know, sign horas. But do not buy everything all in the same place because there will be other places where you can buy stuff. Plus, the only tip I have is if you are buying, you know, specific items that you can only find in one location, like for example, um, specific Snoopy merchandise that you can only see in Snoopy Town, then you might as well buy those. But if you're just buying, you know, maybe um skincare products or lotions, for example, that you can find in pharmacies everywhere, then you might as well canvas for it. But if it's a specialty item, again, you have to buy it where it is available so that you don't have to spare time to go back to that place again and just buy that one product that you want to buy. That's it. You can only go back if you have time kasi So if you have the time, you might as well start shopping because it will accumulate plus you can also you know manage your luggage because if you buy all at the same time you wouldn't know if your luggage will still fit afterwards especially if you are like us we bought a lot of stuff and we did also bring a lot of stuff when we arrived and it's not a good idea to buy a lot of stuff if you don't know exactly how many more kilograms you have left inside your luggage so you have to think about those things because you don't want to end up paying a lot more than the items are worth ay guys isapa. if you are planning to buy food as part of your pasalubong I suggest you go first to the supermarkets or the grocery stores as they might have cheaper deals for you So, after Harajuku, we went to what I dubbed the world's most behaved dog. (laughs) Do you have any guesses? (laughs) Well, it's no other than Hachiko. And Hachiko is actually just very near Shibuya Station. There's actually a Hachiko exit somewhere in Shibuya Station, and they have these paw print stickers that they have lined up along the station. You just have to follow the paw prints, and eventually, it will lead you to where Hachiko's statue stands. And for those of you who do not know who Hachiko is, where have you guys been? <laughs> just kidding. But a brief story is: Hachiko is a dog whose owner died while at work and Hachiko had this habit of waiting for his owner at the station to arrive before they both go home together and during the time that his owner died of a heart attack in I think he was a professor at the university, Hachiko was just waiting at the station for the professor and for years and years Hachiko just kept on waiting for his owner to go back and it's just you know a story of loyalty and friendship. People who knew Hachiko, because he's been doing that for years, he's been waiting for the professor, even before the professor died, has known Hachiko for a while, and they kept on feeding him, taking care of him, tried moving him also, just so he can try to move on and have a different life. But Hachiko was just such a loyal dog. And there are many movies about it. And the one that I saw was with Richard Gere. So if you haven't seen that movie, I suggest you try to watch it. It's going to make you cry, guys. And apart from that, we also learned from a friend about the Shibuya Scramble. It's not food, guys. But the Shibuya Scramble, if you're wondering, is just the crossing the busiest crossing in the world a lot of people are crossing that street every single day you might want to visit that especially if you are planning to visit Hachiko the statue and people love taking pictures in that area but you just have to be mindful of others because that street is busy and it might take you a couple of shots before you get the photo that you want but I guess it's worth a try So that was day 3 and Harajuku and Shibuya are in the western part of Tokyo and as I told you earlier we have strategized it in a way that we would go to places that are in the same location more or less because we want to save also money for transport. and we had to meet a friend there at that time that's why we learned about the Shibuya Scramble so it's a good tip also for us. Day 4 was one of my favorites because it was dedicated to Japanese history and culture. So most of the day we spent within Ueno Park. So the bulk of the time actually was spent viewing japan's largest and best collections of art and archaeological artifacts found inside tokyo national museum so for me it's a must to visit tokyo national museum i really had to put this in the itinerary because i love museums (laughs) and i love japanese history and culture and just seeing in front of me the artifacts you know that existed way before my time, way before I was born or way before even my parents were born. It just fascinates me. And I think we spent hours and hours, you know, walking around the National Museum. You know, some of the galleries there featured national treasures that I only read about in books. And to see them there's just wow. <laughs> wow talaga. I really loved it. Jorence wasn't really into it, but I was glowing. My curious mind was just so satisfied. You wouldn't believe it. So guys, if you are like me and you are considering to visit the Tokyo National Museum, it is open from 9.30 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon, Tuesdays through Sundays. So they have extended hours every Friday, which is until 8pm, and on the weekends until 6pm i don't remember how much we paid for the entrance fee before but the fee now is 620 yen and the fee goes higher if there are special exhibits that you wish to enter and it depends on you actually and guys Just a reminder, the museum or almost all of the museums in Japan are closed on Mondays. So you better plan ahead. You don't want to spend all your time and energy going to this place just to find out that it's closed. So I have to note it for you. Museums are closed on Mondays. And what else? Oh, you don't have to worry about English translations or, you know, if you cannot speak Japanese. Because the Tokyo National Museum has a lot of English guides for you. You don't really have to worry about it. Don't have to worry about not understanding anything because they have a lot of materials available for you. After the museum, we went around Oeno Park, where I noticed they also have replica versions of other beautiful sites. We went to Odaiba as I told you and there are replicas of the Statue of Liberty or the San Francisco Bridge in Ueno Park they also have replicas but this time these are replicas of beautiful sites within Japan and some of these sites are the Kiyomizudera or the Kiyomizu Temple in Kyoto and also the Fushimi Inari Shrine in Kyoto as well so if you guys haven't been to Kyoto and you want to know what these beautiful sites look like at least They have mini replica versions inside the Oeno Park and there are also other museums around the park but my goal at that time was just to visit the biggest one, (laughs) the Tokyo National Museum and I'm just so happy we covered that. And that was actually day four. See? (laughs) It was mostly for Japanese culture and history. We just got cultured guys. I really love that. So guys, continue lang. So we are now on day 5 and day 5 actually. We visited the Meiji Shrine and it's one of my favorites because it's a big area, you know, that allows people to take in the serenity of nature despite being in a busy city. And prior to entering the Torii gates, these are the gates that are, you know, symbols that you are finally entering the shrine. And prior to entering these Torii gates, you would clearly hear the noise of a busy city because it's a station outside in one part of the Meiji shrine. And it was so crazy busy. It was so crazy noisy. But once you walk inside the shrine, the noise actually, it slowly dissipates. And after it's completely gone, you would hear nature's peaceful tranquil sound whatever that sound is but it's very peaceful it just calms you down As I said, it's the serenity of nature. And that amazes me because you are in a big city. And mostly, if you go to the city, you would hardly find places like this that transforms from a busy, bustling, noisy city. And then you just walk a few meters in, you will no longer feel that you are in the city. You'll feel like you just took a hike. (laughs) it's just so quiet and peaceful and i just love that you don't get that anywhere you should try that i really hope you can find that same experience as i did because it was something that i truly truly enjoyed it was so peaceful and it just made me have more energy for the day it was a peace of mind at some point After a few hours of walking around Meiji Shrine, we just decided to take a few random stops. These are still areas that we wanted to visit and it's still part of the itinerary. But it just so happened that we didn't have anything specific that we wanted to visit in these areas. So we just made quick stops. So the first one was Shinjuku, which is more on shopping and entertainment districts. It's a very busy area as well. So I think there are also specific spots that you can visit within Shinjuku, but for us we didn't really venture into that. Then we went to Roppongi as well. We made a stop at Roppongi, which is more of a high-end area. We saw, you know, expensive brands in here. And we didn't really go around much, we just made a quick stop. And then after that, as per my request, we stopped by the Ebisu Garden Place. So Ebisu Garden Place, just a trivia, is the iconic filming location featured in Hanayori Dango. So guys, (laughs) for Hanayori Dango, Matsujun, and Arashi fans out there, do check out Ebisu Garden Place. So aside, the filming spot that was featured in Hanayori Dango, we didn't really have anything specific that we wanted to go to within Ebisu Garden Place. But I did find out that they have this Ebisu Beer Museum somewhere around the area where you can find out about Japan's history of brewing beer. You can also try some of those beer. It comes with a fee, but I think it's very interesting. And maybe it's just me, but I like history. So I think that's one of those things that I would also want to try. (laughs) Well, maybe next time. So the last stop for day five was actually Akihabara or Akiba. So we didn't really get to explore much, but we did scout stores where we can possibly buy electronic devices. And if you are looking for electronic devices, this is the place to be and i remember then i was trying to look for a denshi jisho or an electronic dictionary and up until now i'm still looking for one (laughs) i haven't even decided which type of denshi jisho to buy but yun so day five was that it was a bit chaotic and so tiring You know because of the different stops that we had to make but it was mostly western tokyo the only thing that was different from that itinerary was akihabara which is in central tokyo so i guess in hindsight we're still being strategic in our itinerary friends if you have suggestions comments or any feedback for me i would love to hear you out just send me an email at christine's Voice, the podcast at gmail.com or you can just follow my instagram page and send me a message there thank you all right day six Day 6 had the vibe of cramping everything in one day. We had to make the most out of this last touring day. This was just the day before we had to leave. And the first stop that we made that day was the controversial Yasukuni Shrine. So for Jorians and I, as Japan Studies majors, we would always talk about the Yasukuni Shrine in class. And to finally visit the place, you know, it adds layer to our memories studying about it. So for those who are wondering, the Yasukuni Shrine is a Shinto shrine dedicated to Japans who are dead. And it has become controversial for many reasons. You can try googling it if you want. And after that visit, it was very brief. We just stayed there for a couple of minutes. After that visit, I suddenly realized that it was the shrine with the most number of CCTV cameras I have ever visited. It's very interesting because the way that we read it in books, you know, it just... It's just different when you're actually there. Anyway, after that, as we are already cramping everything in one day, we went straight to north, to Tokyo Sky 3. So, Tokyo Sky 3 is the tallest building in Japan with a height of 634 meters and it is the second tallest structure in the world at the time of its completion. So, not anymore now, but during the time it was completed, it was the second tallest structure in the world. The view of Tokyo City, I mean the entire Tokyo City, can be seen in the two observation decks that Tokyo Skytree has. And I would totally recommend it, especially if you are traveling to Tokyo for the first time. It's such a view. I mean, the daytime and the nighttime view are different. And I prefer the nighttime view personally because I think it's much more romantic. But it's actually both are just equally beautiful and the tokyo sky Tree is open from 8 a.m until 10 p.m mondays through sundays so they have no breaks but i have to remind you that this place is usually so crowded you might have to purchase your tickets ahead of time just have to research about it there are many ways where you can buy your tickets and if you are a foreigner, I think they have this express pass. You can get on the day of your visit so you don't have to wait in line for so long. So you can take advantage of that as well. Next is Asakusa. So Tokyo Skytree and Asakusa are actually very near each other. And I suggest you do the same thing. Nagkataon lang na for us what we did was we went to Tokyo Skytree first being the farthest from the train and then bumalik kami going to Asakusa but you can actually do it in reverse you can go to Asakusa first and then go to Tokyo Skytree then from Skytree just go ride the train going to your next destination it's going to work that way as well it just so happens that what we did actually was more convenient for us Anyway, the main attraction of Asakusa is the Sensoji Temple. But before you can get to the Sensoji Temple, you would actually need to pass by the Kaminari Gate or the Kaminari Mon first. So if you are finally in this destination, I want you to take a closer look at the pillars that are the foundation of the gate. You wouldn't miss this because it's just one big red gate with two you know pillars and in those pillars you would actually find on the left side is the thunder god and on the right side the wind god so at first i didn't know what those statues meant but they have their own symbolisms and it's very interesting because these are supposed to be the guardians of the gate and after you pass by the gates there is this long street that is lined with different stores offering souvenirs and also local delicacies. It's just so jam-packed with tourists. Actually, when we went there, ano? was an interview for a TV station. (laughs) They were interviewing foreigners, you know, just asking foreigners from here to there about their experience within Tokyo, within Asakusa. And it's just so interesting. Everyone's just so busy. And after that long street wherein you might have already had some snacks along the way, you will finally reach the Sensoji Temple. So it's just at the end of the line. <laughs> yes. So if you are planning to visit temples, I definitely have to remind you to please dress appropriately. I mean, you can wear whatever you want afterwards, but let's just try to dress appropriately when we go to temples because these are sacred spaces and it would be you know our sign of respect to the japanese people the japanese culture when we visit their temples we dress appropriately and oh one of the things that i love buying when i'm at the temple are those charms the omamori and some of the omamori have specific purposes like when in the philippines we have those candles the different colored candles that we buy and we light for example um, candles that are for good health or candles that are for studying or passing an exam or maybe for safety and security They also have those kinds of omamori or charms that you can buy. So I always get some of those as pasalubong for my family and friends. And you would also get that in temples. So that's one of the things that I love bringing home. And again, the place in general can get crowded. So you really have to prepare for that as well. Okay, so we're almost done. But before we ended Day 6, we went also to the Tokyo Imperial Palace East Gardens or the Kokyo Higashigyoen, which is my absolute favorite. By the way, only the East Gardens of the Imperial Palace is open to the public. And it just shows you a glimpse of what was before the Edo Castle. You know, Edo Castle. The residence of the Tokugawa Shogun. Guys, this is Japanese history in the flesh. Tuna talagayon. So the castle itself no longer stands, but the moats. The walls, the entrance gates, and several guardhouses are still there. So, knowing me, (laughs) I just had to see that. And too bad, at that time, it was raining, so we weren't able to stay for long, but... It was just such a beautiful place. I actually wanted to go back there last time, but we didn't have that spare time in 2017. So maybe next time. Anyway, after all of that, because um, Asakusa Tokyo Skytree was in northern Tokyo, then we went to um, the Imperial Palace East Gardens, which is in central Tokyo. We actually went next to Tokyo Tower. Who would want to miss Tokyo Tower? Tokyo Tower, actually, guys, I suggest if you want to take a picture of the Tokyo Tower, you do it a few blocks away. You know, just walk three, four blocks away and just take that shot. Because if you are taking the shot from directly under the Tokyo Tower, you wouldn't be able to get the entire thing. But if you take it a few blocks away, that's perfect. The same goes with Tokyo Sky Tree. Take it from a few blocks before Asakusa. It's actually much nicer in photos. Ay, so last, for One Piece, the anime fans out there, you should also check the um, One Piece, I think, a collection or something exhibit at Tokyo Tower. We weren't able to go there, but I did see it. And you might love it because... It's just dedicated for fans out there. It's actually called the One Piece Tower. I really want to recommend it to you if you are a fan of One Piece. And I know a lot of friends who are One Piece fans. So, Tokyo Tower would be your go-to destination. Don't forget. That's it. That was day 6. That was the last full day of tour that we had. And it was tiring but fulfilling because, you know, we were able to go to different places all in one day. And for day 7, right before we left for um, the airport, we went to Akihabara to buy a few items that we have already canvassed for during the first time. Yun Sha, So apart from Akihabara, the time did not permit for us to go to any other location. We just had to go straight home and prepare for our train ride going to the airport. So guys, that's it. I really hope you were able to take down some of those um, places that you would want to visit in the future and try to research on it more. And I'm so sorry if we cannot go into more detail about, you know, the train stations or the routes or maybe even the transportation prices it'll be just so much details for you but if you have any other questions that i can maybe try to answer for you i will be happy to do so just let me know and i'll try my best to help out and i really wish you the best in your next japan vacation just enjoy everything guys eat a lot Alright, so that's it. Despite that week being so tiring, exhausting, but also fun and informative for me, I can finally and thankfully say that That was definitely an experience I will never forget. Alright, see you next week guys. Talk soon! Bye!